Bobby, you know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you gotta play the game of hockey. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Behind the Mask. Uh, starting off with a little bit, I guess, on a more somber note this week, uh, just because we had no pod last week, obviously, um, just from the events uh, that took place on February 13th here at Michigan State. Uh, we don't want to spend too much time on it here uh, just because it would be rehashing a lot of things that are over a week old by now. Um, obviously, our hearts go out to everyone that was more directly affected than us, but we also don't want to, you know, reopen old wounds for people that are still trying to move on from that. And especially because sports can be uh, a more of a rallying point and bring a sense of community for everyone that has been affected by this in, in a number of ways. So we don't want to spend, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, go into any detail about it. And we're going to move on here in a second to the rest of the podcast, but we just want to start out with that. But with that being said, there still is a lot of Michigan State hockey to talk about. Um, and so we're going to continue talking about that, especially um, with the Wisconsin series that happened last weekend as well. Um, and how, you know, all of that, the events of the past week, and the fact that they even played is still remarkable in and of itself. Yeah, well said, Stincy. Thanks for taking the intro there. Uh, okay. we, were, we were talking about it, and, you know, we just wanted to give honor to what happened and not really touch too much on it. So, I mean, you got anything, Phillips? I, I don't have anything much to add. I think everything has, uh, that needed to be said was said. Mm. So uh, changing the page, it's, man, that's definitely a tough dip, dip page to turn. But uh, let's talk about the hockey that we've missed, of course. Uh, we missed a couple weeks, obviously, like since he said, no no podcast last week. So we won't try to go too in-depth with the Michigan series, but we'll talk about it at least. It was, for Michigan State, two two games that they needed one of them. They definitely needed to win one of them. But it was a 4-2 loss at Munn, and then it was a heartbreaker 4-3 loss in overtime. In the last second of overtime, mind you, at the LCA to lose the duel in the D. So Michigan State dropping both games two weeks ago against Michigan. And nothing, something that they uh, definitely did not help them in the standings, that's for sure. No, um, I mean, they were so close to in that second game. I mean, it's not that they necessarily played bad games. It was just a lot of kind of bad bounces and bad luck more than anything. Um Especially with, in game two compared yeah. to game one, yeah. Well, game two, I mean, well, actually, I don't even know. Uh, I, I might walk what I just said back a little bit. But, um, I mean, some some unfortunate plays, like how that game ended with the Luke Hughes OT winner with .6 seconds left and everything else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of – MSU had some good chances there to win, like, before even going into overtime. Um and it is a little unfortunate the way that, you know, that one last goal kind of happened where, like, it was a rebound that just happened to land or, like, go from St. Zier's blocker, like, directly onto Luke Hughes' stick and fired in. But, I mean, hey, what can you do? But, I mean, they had they had some better chances, I think, before then to win that series or win that game at least. Um, they were getting some good shots at points. Uh, Portillo played pretty well um, and was getting – 
it could easily get a little bit uh, frustrated, so to speak. Yeah, Portillo was looking a lot better this yeah. series compared to the first Michigan U of M series. Yeah. Or Michigan State U of M. Um, but, I mean, they had some chances. They had some pretty good scoring chances throughout. I can't recall specifics, so to speak, uh, because, you know, once again, this was two weeks ago. But, um, no, they, I mean, they didn't necessarily play bad. It was more so that, um, you know, just they just couldn't convert. Portillo was really good. Um, and then that first game was really interesting too. That was, um, uh, <laughs> I wrote a good, I wrote an article about that one and it was, uh, interesting for a number of levels. Basically, um, you know, Michigan, I think that first game, they kind of, you know, figured out how to play Michigan a little better with Fantilli in the lineup. Um, and trying to be a little bit more physical and that kind of, you know, takes them off their game or so. Um, the quote from what Brandon Arado that I end up using in my or in my recap of that was like basically saying like you know they can't win unless they goon it up was the phrase, and he was talking about Michigan State gooning it up. Yes. Yeah. Um. So like I was sitting, my whole point in the article was like you know because it sounds kind of you know abrasive, derogatory, whatever you want, what word you want to use, um. But he's not necessarily wrong. If by goon it up, they mean playing physical, playing the body. Once MSU started doing that, they clawed their way back into that game. They scored twice, really three times, but one of them got called back. Um, but still, yeah, I mean, they had plenty of plenty of chances. Um, it's just, you know, it's more about putting, it to, putting everything together for a full 60, um, for that one at least. I'll give a quick recap to the uh, the game one, Michigan versus Michigan State, a couple weeks ago. So... At Mun, MSU doesn't lose at Mun often. They were 11-4-1 going into that game, it, except for the Minnesota series, which MSU lost both at home. You got to go back to the second weekend of the year against UMass Lowell when they dropped one. So they're good at home, but obviously that wasn't the case two weeks ago against Michigan. Michigan opened up the scoring with three goals in 12 minutes. So it was 3-0 before you even blink, before you can go grab a hot dog from the concessions and sit down. It was, it was like, wow, is this really going to just keep going like this no it didn't i guess michigan state to norado's credit gooned it up a little bit because after all was said and done there were 28 total penalties for 105 penalty minutes and if you guys missed the game there was a nhl-esque fight of dropping the gloves fantilli who was pestering neenhaus from the back hit him with a cross check they they uh separated for a second but then they got back to it and then fantilli dropped his gloves and Chucked some onto Neenhouse, and then at that point, Neenhouse had to retaliate, and both got DQ'd. It was it was a crazy, crazy game. Yeah, I honestly give that that fight in that atmosphere. I kind of blame that more on the reps because you see the initial contact between Neenhouse and Fantilli. I think Fantilli actually came up and cross checked Nash. Well, he was after even the whistle. Yeah, yeah, like cross checked him had in the no back, blindside, and so then Nash kind of starts trying to defend himself, and I think was it. Tanner Kelly, I think, that came over and original yes. and initially kind of started a bit of a scrum there behind the net. That that actual scrum didn't result in any penalties, but you had Nash and Fantilli kind of uh, sneak out of there and skate a little bit more towards the far side faceoff circle, and that's when they just start getting into it. And Fantilli drops at least one of his gloves. He definitely had to pick it up afterwards. 
closest thing to an NHL fight that I've ever seen in college hockey. I mean, it was it wasn't your typical NCAA pushing and shoving and headlocks. No, no, no. Like it was gloves off and Fantilli trying to punch Nash. Uh, it was, was pandemonium. Oh no, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, like, it was funny <laughs> seeing that at college atmosphere. I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, so I, I was because I was live tweeting that game. I was getting people out. Like, I was joking with you guys about this. I just reposted the video um, of like what had happened in that fight, and I was getting like a weird amount of like Toronto fans in my in my mentions, um, just talking about like I don't know, I'm kind of going crazy about it. I thought it was funny, but. Um, just tweeting or you know talking about how how much they love this kid and just for whatever reason um but yeah fantilli had the gordy howe hat trick in that game too um which do do explain uh for those of you that don't know gordy howe hat trick is um a goal and assist in a fight which um if i'm correct fantilli's was like the sixth time that it ever happened in college hockey ever in the first one in a while um, I mean, because he scored on the power play in the first period and then got an assist, a secondary assist on Gavin Brindley's first goal of that night, still in that first period. So, yeah, all he had to do was get into a bit of a physical altercation with Neenhaus and uh, his night was over, but he ended with a Gordie Howe hat trick. So I'm trying to find out where exactly, like where that, because I saw it on Twitter somewhere. I'm trying to figure out exactly say, where. Somebody actually dug that up. That's yeah. That's crazy. But another, I, I also got to bring this up because as a uh, Detroit Red Wings fan, obviously, I know Gordie Howe a decent amount. He only had two Gordie Howe hat tricks in his career. I was Isn't just that weird? That out, yeah. Like, how, did, how was that named after him if he only had two? Like, there's people in the NHL that have more Gordie Howe hat tricks in this singular season right now than Howe in his career. So how that happened, I don't know. Just want to put that out there. I found it. It was seven, actually. Uh, Fantilli was the seventh one um, to get a Gordie Howe hat trick. In it, college hockey, like co- college hockey's history? Um, at least according to College Hockey News' archives, um, the okay. last or the earliest one they found was um, 2006. Okay. Wow. Um, That's, but this yeah. this one was, uh, or Fantilli's was the first one since 2014. So a good what is that? The nine years. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a math guy. <laughs> Unless it's like Nerd journalism majors. I can I can put together stats well enough, but uh, yeah, not not necessarily a math guy. But yeah, Adam Fantilli, uh, kind of a weird but exciting way for him to end his night. He was certainly egging on the crowd in that game. Oh, uh, he was easily. I've got I've got that like five seconds of him just like waving to the crowd with his helmet and gloves off like this was burned into my head y'all were th- i mean y'all clearly didn't even read my article I, like that's how i that's how i uh even led led the article was talking about that specific moment where uh you know he was skating to the bench we were we were busy doing a stand-up on the ice you know it's so busy that actually I, the article that, <laughs> I know, I know. the article that we, that was published that the day after funny funny enough i, was, I actually uh, think i did busy. read least, i think i actually I was, did I was read going to the lca in. bro <laughs> I would you think I wasn't? <laughs> I do think I actually did read that lead. I at least read that, like the paragraph, the lead paragraph about Fantilli. But you're ahead of Ryan, then. Not by much. I got some some reading to catch up on for uh, some classes. Speaking <laughs> of LCA, do we want to go to game two? Yeah. Oh, my only other thing I was gonna say, uh, you know, because after that, 
I went rewatched some Adam Fantilli highlights. He would look so good in a Blues jersey. Okay, next year. we're moving on. <laughs> MSU loses game one, four to two at Mun. It was, they got they got close at the end, but they eventually lost. Uh, Empty netted by Gavin Brindley pushes it four two. Blah blah blah. Okay, moving on. Duel in the D LCA. MSU hasn't won a duel in the D for five years. Coming up to this matchup, and it it you know it it delivered for sure. Not for MSU fans, but definitely for U of M fans. It was well, a the heck game of a itself game. was crazy. Um, it was the most. I think it still is the most attended indoor game um, of the college hockey season. Like, it was a sellout crowd, like eighteen thousand fans or whatever were there. It was eighteen or twenty eight? I can't remember. Do you? No, they, they said no it chance. On LCA screen. fits twenty eight thousand. I want to see. Uh, Again, I, I think LCA, the LCA put it on on their Twitter. Uh, they it was, put how it many was they either sold. like sixteen or eighteen thousand. One of the two. I forget. But yeah, but I mean, it was sell sell crowd. Yeah, because when you think yeah, 19 about nineteen to twenty k, all okay. of the you're, other you're right. all the other larger crowd events were like. You know, Ohio State and Michigan played outdoors in Cleveland. That seats a lot more than LCA. Yeah. And um, a couple others here and there. But they're, they're all outdoor games that seat more people. Um, so. Also, I don't even know if it counts, but I think one of the other ones that was like, that had gotten more, so to speak, was, uh, was a club hockey game in Raleigh. Of, it was NC State versus UNC. Yeah. And uh, I saw the ACHA, whatever. Yeah, like D one. There was there was like what I twenty three thousand like, for I saw, yeah, that I saw like one tw- game. Yeah, for that one ACHA club hockey game. And then did you see the the other picture that was next to it in that post? No. There was like they compared it the frozen Fenway to whatever oh, the that's what, that was the other the one frozen I UNC frozen NC Fenway. game. The frozen Fenway had two games. I forget all the four teams involved. But their combined attendance was twenty two thousand compared to that one UNC versus what NC State club team club yeah. game outside yeah. oh, was that, that had twenty three. It was like why? Well, that, those are also bigger schools. It was played on the on same the, rink that the they did for the stadium series. series. Yeah. yeah, yep. Shout out! I was going to say Phillips. Phillips going crazy over North Carolina, Carolina right now. Yeah, uh, but I mean, what is it? I mean, I guess it makes some sense, but like, I don't because those are just bigger schools. Because what Frozen Fenway was like. I think what BC, BU, BC, BU. I think North, maybe Northeastern. Um, I don't know the other two, and maybe like New Hampshire. No, I think uh, UConn was in there at some point. I, like, we, we could do a little, little Google searchy. I I hate that I even like have an actual idea. MSU needs another outdoor game suit. They yes. do. We need to bring back oh. the Cold War. Yes, bring back the bring Cold back the Cold War. War. Just like Michigan, the duel in the D may take that that place now, but I. I want that outdoor game, bro. I so, want an outdoor some, hockey atmosphere. Someone should start a petition. Someone should start a petition to, you. So the second games of the series are not like oh a home game at one of the schools and then the duel in the D. It needs to be duel in the D and then like playing. I don't know at Comerica or something. Put a no. Rink I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do duel in the Com- D and then an outdoor in the same series. I want those two different series. Okay, 100%. then maybe the first series. I want those then, spread but, out. Yeah, first series do Cold War at whoever's got the home. "Quote unquote," they do home and home. I I, I, w- I would probably just we're settle gonna start with, this petition. I would probably just settle with the big house because it can pack a larger crowd. The big house um, be fun. <laughs> the big house be fun. Um, I mean, hell, even Spartan Stadium again. Bring back Spartan Stadium. Yeah. Um, the woodshed. Honestly, doing like just an outdoor game every year at like where you could alternate between like each team's football stadium would be electric. That just would saying. be sweet. That would be especially kind of earlier, like when it's not quite so cold. 
Like back when you're kind of like in the. Well, no, that would be the oh. whole point. Would be when it's cold. This. They got. They got to have it cold enough to make the ice and True. maintain. Because like you, uh, did you watch any of the Ohio State Michigan <laughs> game? <laughs> No, it took a chunk literally of ice like out. it was getting too warm, and like oh there were like chunks God. coming out of the, the size oh of like my my right thigh. They just took that chunk of ice out of near the boards. Yes. Me- that- meanwhile, Stadium Series <laughs> in North Carolina goes up, goes fine. That's yeah, funny. I mean it just depends on like temperatures and things like that. I don't really, I don't know what the weather was like that day in Cleveland. All I'll say, um, the jersey that I'm wearing right now, um, it was uh, which is the Blues Winter Classic uh, from what 2022. Uh, definitely, the temperature, not an issue for the ice melting. What was it? Oh wait, no, you went to Minnesota for that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. It's like negative three with wind chill nope, or something crazy. No, nope, nope. it was minus eight without the wind chill. Oh, nice. With the wind chill, it was like minus like twenty five. <laughs> they had to worry about the like the snow that you shave off if your skate freezing and making bumps. That's what they had to worry about for that game. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, hey, my, hey, no snowing the goalie. My no. favorite, um, mm-hmm. my favorite picture from this. Oh, this is gonna make me sad now. Uh, my favorite picture from the Winter Classic was uh, just because of how cold it was. Um, we're getting way off topic. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's, but, it's, but, we're but, having. Fun. But this picture was uh, it was Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, his, like his beard was like frozen. Like had like the tips, the ends of it were like frozen. The, the legendary O'Ry beard. Yeah, I'm I'm sad now. The beard is now property of Toronto. For context of why Stincy is sad, and I know you don't want me to say this on the pod, but you can say it. Okay. Ryan O'Reilly got traded to the Maple Leafs, and then put up a hattie out of nowhere. So like, good we, for we were going to record this podcast last night uh, before the, like the weather came in, um, and ice storm. We were joking. I don't know for the kind of the irony of it we were talking i was gonna wear my ryan o'reilly reverse retro jersey um just for the hell of it but nah but nah Didn't we, we decided we decided to go for bennington because he's the only jersey i own where it's like the guy's still on the team and i haven't heard he's getting traded see that's cool. why i haven't got a wings jersey in like the last five years because we're wings are in a rebuild so i'm not gonna yeah coincidentally bennington almost gave up a hat trick on tuesday Oh yeah, um, Andre Svechnikov tried to Michigan Svechnikov. goal his way into a Hattie. I would have died in my chair. That that what I thought when I saw that was like it was the equivalent of um, what was it? We were ta- I talked about this before, but it was like at the end of the NFL regular season, the Chiefs ran this one play where they were doing they just did like oh ring, like around, ring the around the Rosie, Rosie in the huddle, uh, and then scored a touchdown that got called back. And then they that play. then they ran that same huddle in the Super Bowl. True, but it didn't work. Yeah, uh, but still, uh, it was like that level of disrespect. I find See, hilarious. But Andre, so, but for context, Svechnikov scored the first NHL Michigan goal, and then scored a second one in his career. Like this would have been his third. It would have been amazing. I know. No, I'm not saying it would have been bad. <laughs> I personally would have loved it. I think it would have been hilarious. Uh, plus, it, I mean, it didn't matter anyways. It wasn't like the Blues were winning that. Anyways. Or Fantilli. Okay. Let's, uh, Fantilli, Michigan, hockey, college hockey. Uh, Little Caesars Arena. Little Caesars Arena, dual the D. Um, I'm going to do my best to just like recap in this whole game real quick. Let's see how quick and easy I could do it. Michigan takes the lead. MSU answers back in the first period. Uh, Miro gets his... I don't know. Seventh goal of the year. Yeah, we'll we'll do, it we'll take that. Michigan State gets their first lead in the series, two one early in the second. Jeremy Davidson on the power play, but Michigan with two kind of fluky-ish goals 
weird goals, one weird tip, one that went off a ref skate. They get two back in quick succession, so they take it back, 3-2 lead. Uh, waning minutes in the third period, Michael Underwood gets his first as a Spartan, ties it up at three with about five minutes to go. Then in overtime, Michigan State had opportunity. They had a power play in overtime with three minutes to go. It really didn't click. They didn't get good opportunities. Uh, it, it, uh, whatever skater, who's who tripped to? Dylan Duke for tripping, comes out of the box. It's four on four. Time winding down. Michigan has it. Jay Kiernan fires a shot from the point, banks off the end boards, and Luke Hughes, Johnny on the spot, right near the goal line, puts it in with 0.6 seconds on the clock. Michigan wins the duel in the D. I was, I was, my jaw hung open for a good five minutes after that. Like, Phillips and I were doing a broadcast, and once, once I, like, ended it, I just sat there and jaw hung open, like, the whole time. It was, wow. It was just an amazing goal, objectively speaking, because... I mean, you look at the angle of that shot, how it hits. I'm pretty sure it hit like the very like last bit of the inside edge of the far side post and wraps back into the goal. Like from what I saw, like he kind of takes it. It's hard to explain because it's been it's been quite a while. It was just, it was incredibly well placed. It was. I mean, it was it was a very tough angle. I know that for a fact. But yeah, I, it was it, just tough break. Honestly, it was. Heartbreaking for Michigan State. Michigan, of course, wins the sixth duel in the D in a row. Really, though, what surprised me is going into that game, I expected Michigan, obviously, to travel well. Ann Arbor is closer to Detroit. Not by a whole lot, but Michigan typically travels well to Detroit. Michigan State pleasantly surprised me in terms of they definitely traveled their fan base. And... I mean, that place was, it was loud. That's, oh, yeah. And that's it was the, electric. That was the first time I've ever been in an NHL-level arena, and it did not disappoint. The only other time I've been in a hockey arena, aside from college or LCA, is Norfolk Scope for an Admirals game, like, maybe seven years ago. And I didn't even pay attention, but... <laughs> I mean, fair. It, uh, I mean, at least for Ryan and I, because we were at last year's Duel in the D... I think you can agree on this night and day difference. Oh yeah, like because well, think about it. When we were at last year's duel in the D, I could imagine it wasn't very, uh, it wasn't you know as close to the you know top end talent, uh, or like close to the hype because MSU was in the middle of the world's longest losing streak, <laughs> um, and Michigan had, was missing like most of their top guys. For the uh, for the Olympics, oh, uh, was no that was that was the first series. No, I thought. that was that that was the uh, duel in the D series. That was okay. You're thinking the first series because Fantilli missed the first one this yeah, year. Yeah, for the no, World, I thought that World was... Juniors training camp. But there oh, last year, Michigan was yeah. missing Power, yep, Baneers, Johnson, and I think Bordalo. Yep, um, the big four. So the only they're only like. Their only top five draft pick on the roster was Luke Hughes, but, um, so and then yeah, so it was like Michigan without their good without their best players, most of them at least, and then Michigan State without really any good players that last year, um, yeah, it was not it was not a very fun game to watch, um, but this year was much better. 
honestly. I mean, just speaking of players, speaking of players out because of the fighting, you did have Nash Neenhouse and Adam Fantilli out for dueling the D, which I don't know. I don't know how much it really affected things. It it certainly hurt Michigan a lot more than it hurt Michigan State. But yeah, it's a good trade off for the Spartans, but it I mean didn't matter in the end, sadly. It's fine. Fantilli doesn't need to go to, to LCA much anyways. He'll only go there once a year because, you know, the Blues are the Western Conference and not the uh, oh, Jesus Christ. not the Eastern Conference. The the draft lottery lottery is gonna break your heart, my guy. It has it has to me. I mean, many, many times. Blues pickings. I don't even know what to expect from them. Relate. I'm hearing now they're going after Timo Meyer, so we'll see what's up with what? that. What? Blue, they're blues going somehow after get, Okay. <laughs> blues somehow pick a goalie and you know Bennington's on the block. I don't know. They uh, Who knows what's going to happen? The Blues have three first-round okay. picks this year. That's all I we're, we're getting back to uh, college hockey. So with we're, those two games, okay. MSU losing against Michigan. Can we just speed run the next series? Because we have gotten off Yeah, let, let's do it. So now. Michigan State falls to Michigan both times in that series a couple weeks ago. Obviously did not help their standings. This past weekend, though, Wisconsin series. Michigan State needs – Michigan State can clinch a opening round Big Ten, uh, Big Ten series if they win both of these games in regulation against Wisconsin and Minnesota wins both games against Penn State. Spoiler alert. Minnesota went won both games of regulation against Penn State. No, they didn't. Mich- oh wait, no, the one second one is yeah. second one was overtime win. So there goes that. Same thing. But, but for enough. Michigan State, they were not able to to get the job done. The first game, amazing for Spartans. It was coming off, you know, what happens, what happened Monday on Michigan State's campus, and they they had a fire underneath their feet, and it showed they they wanted that game and they got that game six to two, and it was it was a good. Good first day back for MSU sports on that Friday night. I would say, wasn't both, the best game though. No, both bo- was not the best. Both game, teams but were it just off to a. They were off to a slow start for a long time until Nico Mueller sco- scored that first goal in the first period. Then Michigan State kicked into action. It was it kind of snapped them out of whatever of of the funk that they were in with with everything that was going on, and you could even tell even Wisconsin looked like they weren't playing they were trying not to play too physical too aggressive you know that obviously changed by the end of that night Wisconsin definitely got physical and aggressive uh but Michigan State both teams kind of respected each other in that first few minutes so yeah I mean yeah I don't know that first game at least for me what I had just seen was Wisconsin was just all out of sorts the entire night like it wasn't even close um for most of it, they Michigan State took like a couple penalties early on, but like really nothing else was that much more notable other than just it was kind of just a complete domination for most of it. I want to say that too. You know, you noted MSU took a lot of penalties in the first. Yeah, MSU took uh, <laughs> Cole Krieger had five minute uh, contact to the head. He got a game misconduct. So Wisconsin had a five minute major, and MSU had two more minors. So that's nine minutes of power play time for Wisconsin in the first period. MSU went up 3-0 after the first period. Yes, sir. It was like, okay, that's that's crazy. And one of the goals in the first period, got to note this, Zach Dubinsky, uh, the junior transfer from RPI? Yes, Rensselaer Polytechnic oh, Institute. let's go. He gets his first as a Spartan. He got the second goal of the game. But yeah, MSU up 3-0 after one. Wisconsin... Got got a goal back on a power play. Victor Herzig, though, answers right back from Michigan State, makes a 4-2, his first as a Spartan. He did have a chance at LCA. I 
was it it was Hertig at LCA that could have gotten his first, but then that was laid off. So yeah. very happy to see Hertig get his first uh actual goal on the score sheet. No question about it either. And then uh three one for Michigan State at that point. Wisconsin gets a <laughs> Dylan Sates here absolutely just passed it right to Zach Erdahl outside the net and he put it in the back of the net. So 4-2 for a second. You're like, ooh, does Wisconsin have something going here? No. No, they didn't. Der- Jeremy Davidson <laughs> gets a fifth goal, and then Jagger Joshua puts a sixth goal in in the third period. It's a 6-2 win for the Spartans, and much needed because they needed it. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, it was kind of just a matter of Wisconsin was all out of sorts on defense. They just, I mean, the goaltending wasn't very good, but also, like, they did not do, a, the Badgers did not do a good job in front of uh well McClellan or Mo really in general. I would uh, say Wisconsin the offense was actually looking pretty decent, but yeah, their defense was just no help, nothing. Yeah. And really they banked a lot on McClellan because he had that impressive game against Minnesota the weekend before. Three one win at home against Minnesota or the the Cole Center. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my god. The Cole Center. Uh. Yeah, it, you get the heebie jeebies just where, speaking its name. Where, where the it's Big weird. Ten best teams go to split. Well, that's, the, I was going to say, that's the weird part with it. Because it was like, yeah, it's been, it's this weird thing that I noted before the series has started was like, Wisconsin at home pulls like the weirdest, like devil magic type things, like ever. Like, my favorite one was the, because they've split at home in every Big Ten series aside from Penn State. And that was the only one. And even then, one of those was still a 2 1 loss. And that's that's a win against Minnesota. That's a win against Michigan. Michigan that's Ohio a win against State. Minnesota. Like Everywhere. it just happens. Like I don't I don't get that's why when I tell people what's the one sport you I would never touch betting wise, it's college hockey. I would never touch that with a six foot pole. Uh uh-uh. uh. Well I mean no. well, I mean we're effectively doing our betting. Yeah, here, we're doing that with time. with no money and, and we're I was like we have, we have a combined like maybe three parlays that have hit all season. <laughs> yeah. Maybe four. Maybe four. And most of most of mine I've gone like just the steady, really good, like smart picks. That's what I've been trying to do, and they still haven't paid off. Yeah, my favorite was yours, like two weeks ago when it was. Oh, uh, God, um, what was it? You had like Saint you Thomas. chose like LIU or no, you chose Alaska over LIU, mm-hmm. and like Lindenwood over Stonehill. Yes, and Alaska yes. lost. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Alaska lost. Wasn't there against LIU? Wasn't there one where like Saint <sighs> Cloud lost, even though they were the third or the. I, they were in the Saint top Cloud three. Got swept by Duluth. Is that the one you're thinking of? It was. That might be whatever something. one. Yeah, it was like they were top three at the time. And both you yeah, guys and it, I did it because they had just swept Denver at Denver. Yep, I remember. Yeah, it, the, the college. You cannot. You cannot bet on college. If you if you're listening right now and you bet on college hockey, you're crazy and I want to meet you because I like meeting crazy people. So. Actually, there's to be fair. There's a couple where you could probably bet on it, like. Uh, it, you could bet on splits. That's you, something you could bet on. You could also bet on just Quinnipiac to win their like every yeah, they, every game on their schedule, pretty much. Yeah, but they play one offs. They do. Yeah, true. They one don't play series. And that's the reason we don't have them in the pickums. Is the that entire conference, the ECAC, uh, just like almost exclusively Frickin does. E-cack, man. They're they're uh, like nah. Notre Dame. They do their own thing. Not, yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, they, they just do like individual games cause all the schools are in like new England and the Northeast and are all within like an hour of each other. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Michigan state, Wisconsin game one, you know, they, they were banking on McClellan and then he gives up five and then they, so they pull him and they're like, okay, Mo, you should have been in from the start. 
and Mo gives up one on. He had eleven saves, so yeah, Jagger Joshua got that one. Yeah, that was the, power the, the that power play goal. So even then, like, can you you can't quite say Mo was off his game. McClellan was off his game. Yeah, that that first game though, I want to talk about the new, not newly formed, but I think month and a half formed line of Davidson Mueller Mendendorf. They that they have been a solid second line for MSU. Something I wouldn't that, even say solid. They've been MSU's best line over the past month. Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. They've looked extremely good. Mueller's got Mueller's been taking up nine spot. points in the past five games before going into game two against Wisconsin. I'll look it up. But I'm pretty sure that was it. I mean, I've got a yeah, theory. Mueller, yeah. Mueller is now officially the team's leading point scorer. Yeah, which seven goals, twenty two assists for coming off points. of last year with I'm pretty sure one goal, six assists, five so assists, one goal, five. Dang it! So one goal, five assists from last year, Two. and then this. Like, who who would have thunked to be? He's now over quad, quadrupling his uh, assist totals from last year. Yeah, even. see, that I've line got, has looked good. Yeah. I've got a theory on why this not not quite of why this particular line has been doing theory. well, Here we go. but like specifically why the first line has it has fallen out of that clear number one spot. And I think a lot of teams just watched film and saw, oh, you know, they see what they do. Yeah, body jagger off of the or body jagger away from the net make sure daniel russell can't get a goal ever he's been he hasn't gotten a goal since he was before he January was ejected in minnesota yeah before yeah. he was ejected wow. for contact to the head at before minnesota that was december 28th against mtech and you know basically just interrupt all passes between russell and dorwart and you know that that first line. I just feel like there was probably a lot of film on that first line that everyone watched. I mean, then the, that line's not necessarily going for like the big games that you'll see for like, um, you know, like they had in the first half of the season, like the LIU game or the L, or the Miami games, um, where like, you know, everybody goes nuts, um, like that. But they've been still quietly putting up like you know close to a point per game. They've been solid, but I, to your point, that second line's looked better. Yeah. The second line has taken over as yeah. far as the offensive production. Like we're talking about having those games where you know, like you'll have Jagger going for hat tricks, or Dort's gotten a hat trick this year, or you'll have like Dort having like a four assist game or something, something absurd like that. Those kind of games we're getting like those scoring in bunches. That's coming now from this second line. Um. I mean, let's see. Who, who am I thinking of? Like, what? Middendorf had th- four assists total against Wisconsin last weekend. Um, his offense has really picked up. He's he's getting some assists. Mueller has been, like, skyrocketing recently. Davidson's been finding the back of the net now. Um, they've all been doing it. They've all really kind of been putting things together for the in the past month or so. Uh, and it's been really nice to watch. Yeah, but hasn't resulted in... Sadly, too many wins over the past two weeks. MSU one and three over the past two weeks, which to host a Big Ten I mean, series and as far as the past, to get into the NCAA, uh, mean, it's not looking too good. As far as the past four games go, though, I mean, three of those four, I can say MSU still played legitimately well. Oh, yes. Very um, close. It's just more of like a, you know, it's, it sucks that it ended that way, but it's like, I don't, this very, as a whole, I thought the game was pretty good. There are still obviously things to clean up, but... They've been playing good hockey from in all but one of those games. And speaking of those, one of those games, game two against Wisconsin, 
did not go the way MSU wanted. They Definitely wanted not. to win so they could, if if they won that game in regulation, and like I said earlier, Minnesota beat Penn State in regulation, which they didn't eventually, but you know, it still, still would have helped if MSU won that game. They would have hosted a Big Ten opening round series, but... That was not the case. Wisconsin definitely had different plans on senior night, and the Cole Center striked because, oh, we it was not a pretty game for the Spartans from the uh, the top of the hour to the bottom of the hour. Uh, you remember MSU winning 6-2 the night before? Well, flip that score. That's what Wisconsin won on Saturday night. They won 6-2. They opened up with three goals of their own and didn't look back. It was kind of like a just complete flip-flop of games, really, in my opinion. Can't you know? I could go more in depth of it, but I mean, it was. Yeah, it was really a flip flop. I mean, yeah, like some of those issues Wisconsin was having, they just couldn't do. Like their defense was just not it that game. Like they like that centering pass for those kind of like tip in one timer type things uh, for Wisconsin happened on a few different occasions. Like Wisconsin was kind of just able to kind of dissect MSU's defense for a little bit. I mean, there wasn't really all that much uh, to say. They just weren't defending well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those goals, I felt like Michigan State's defense kind of left the slot wide open for those passes that just got the better of St. Cyr. And when you don't give your goalie backup, it doesn't matter who your goalie is, like, you, no one is a brick wall, you know, no matter how, how hard you try. If you're going to put, like, five skaters against him in net, like, it's, it's just not going to work your way. And for Michigan State's defense to just, not have the energy and not be able to give St. Cyr the backup he needed in that game. I mean, the the freaking Cole Center did it again, man. It's that double magic. <laughs> One of the goals, I, I forget, and maybe you'll remember Stincy, but MSU, it looked like they were going to clear. It definitely wasn't like, a, oh, MSU's going to clear it out of their zone. And it was just a loose puck near the blue line. For some odd reason, both of the defensemen pushed up I don't know why they were, I guess they thought it was going to go out the zone too. They pushed up. They're above the hash marks at this point. They're well above the hash marks and Wisconsin keeps it in. They've got two of their forwards sitting right next to St. Cyr. They pass it down, pass it back and forth once, and then just put it right past St. Cyr. Well, I don't know who, who the defenders were. I wish I would have remembered, but it was just like, what, what, what just happened? Why'd they just leave? They literally left him out to dry. It was, yeah, game two, not, not the best of games there. It, it, it's like they went on a sort of autopilot. They didn't quite think throughout the whole game, and you could see Wisconsin just got the better of them. Uh, Tony Granato able to pull out yet another conference win somehow. Somehow. But, yeah, anything else on that series, gentlemen? No, no. I just – I think I'll, I'll finish off with the – not winning that last game put – puts them in a very awkward position this weekend yes and this weekend if you guys don't know the reason why we're not jumping into a preview is msu's regular season is now over they have a bye week this last week so they gotta sit back and see what happens with all the other teams and what results come into play but msu regular season coming off of what happened last season they finish 16 16 and 2 10 12 and 2 overall in the big 10 definitely a just a much better better year i could i could speak at length on that but i'll just put it plain and simple much better year first year under adam nightingale and co to be fair it's hard to get much worse than msu did last year yeah so <laughs> I, I think one of the things that you can't quite look at the actual like win loss stats at michigan state 
to really get a full picture of how much better this year was because most of the other Big Ten teams also got significantly better. And they, like they were just playing top-tier teams, it seemed like, from pretty much November almost all the way through to the end of February. They were just playing game after game against a team that, you know, at the start of the season you would have thought, ah, they don't have a chance. And expectations for this team were surpassed well before the kind of halfway point winter break. Yeah, through November they broke everything. November was a nuts month for them. Yeah. I mean Then they got housed by Notre Dame the first game in Big Ten play, but they came back and showed that they could they could, you know, it's a, it's do a what learning, they want. It's a learning curve, but it, I mean still, you're dealing with largely the same roster as last year, plus, except you're only real the only like you got you're dealing with transfer portal, which was largely transfer portal scraps, so to speak, um, because MSU kind of waited a while to hire Nightingale. Yeah. Uh, and most of like the top players from the portal went, were gone already. Um, and so, yeah, they only brought in like Nightingale was only working with like three, maybe four of his own, of his, his own guys. Um, and, but yeah, to come around and turn that roster that was, I had to look it up, went six and 18 in the Big Ten last year. Ooh. Um, I mean, can we just take a step back and realize that, uh, Stinson, you uttered the words Jagger going for hat tricks and we didn't even bat an eye True. tonight? Yeah. Like, like that, that didn't happen in his first three seasons, that's for sure. Nope. Yeah. The, so, the only hat trick he was getting was a hat trick of sitting in the box. True. Um, but still, you know, like the the overall turnaround has been insane this year. I don't think there's not there's not really much else you can say. I I don't know who else you could is like in the real running for it, but um, there's an award, there's a coach of the year award out there, um, for like a national award, and I would assume Nightingale is one of the top guys if he's not the front runner. But yeah. I don't really know who else you would give it to, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, if if you are a Michigan State fan, the season's not over. No, not at all. Like there, there's still some very interesting postseason action. That will play out here in a couple weeks. Which but, we've never talked about in a long time with MSU hockey. Yeah. And, and and not to mention after that, there's also some recruiting stuff that'll happen, which is actually interesting this year. But uh, Top five class. Was it, the, was it the 05, 05 class? Maybe 04 class, one of the two. Um, like, legit, I saw MSU is like one of the top four classes in the country. Yeah. In that, like, I think they're number four. You talk about... What what year? It's either 05 or 06, I think. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Nah. But it's like that class is it's whatever class has uh was it Christian Humphreys in it? Christian Humphreys is like the five. Oh, you're guy. talking about 05, 06 birth year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I was I thought oh, you were no. retracing back to 05, no, 06. No, no. I'm like, no, no, dang, that, you got some knowledge, my guy. Yeah. Yeah, that, I know it's my bad. Yeah. Okay. But I mean they're it's like the the clouds have parted for Michigan State hockey, and fans can hold their heads up high after this regular season. No, no more paper bags and mun. Which, even though last year was that bad, I don't think I saw. Actually, wait, no, I did see one. No, you don't, I, I don't remember, remember seeing. Oh, I don't remember I, ever seeing I a did, paper bag. I did but, see one paper bag and mun last year. I don't remember. I just don't remember seeing many people at mun in general last year. Yeah, which is something. And, and now you see what, what, what was the final? For like the past eight. Games yeah, what were? was it like? I thought it was like six, but yeah, it could have been like somewhere between like six and. It, like, 
Michigan. There was a wave at Mun Ice Arena. Every Mun game, I think, was sold out since the Minnesota series. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota was sold out. Michigan was sold out. All the other ones at home after that. So State was before. There, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, this is year one of supposedly what was supposed to be a rebuild, and right now it, it's MSU's in the thick of the Big Ten. Yeah, they're battling and with they're, the big dogs, and they're on the bubble like for that. the NCAA tournament, which is its own thing. Because yeah. last time MSU made that was 2012. Which, uh, hey, we'll we'll update the standings real quick. We're gonna switch over to pairwise because pairwise is paramount at this part of the season well it depends on what you're talking about though we're still or do you want to focus on big 10 tournament yet or like we're well i mean we'll we'll go into we'll go into big 10 tournament talk okay. yeah but I'll, I'll just update the big 10 standings in general right now because that does matter for both but we're using pairwise for overall like number rankings not obviously big 10 rankings themselves but number one that's still minnesota they've been on top of the pairwise for i don't know how many weeks now a decent amount a of while. time a, a while time. well we'll say a while Number three, though, Michigan. You know, they, they're getting up there. They're uh, proving their stake, and they're they're saying they want to be a top seed in the NCAA tournament. So I'm surprised they didn't get moved down at all, getting swept by Ohio State last week. Yeah, honestly. I Yeah, that was a little bit surprising. And I'm surprised yeah. that it was even a sweep in general. Con- considering we Ohio all... State's just several spots lower than them, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Penn State checking in at seventh, and then Ohio State checking in at eighth. So, you know. That's probably why U of M didn't move. But uh, this is what gets interesting. Right now, it should be the top 16 teams. Oh, wait, no, Atlantic right is now getting it's 15. one. Right yeah. now, it's 15. Uh, I can do. I can take this yep. part of it if you need yep, to. Because yep, yep. I've been, this is a, This is an ongoing series on my Twitter right now of, um, of me kind of just Photoshopping like a projected bracket um, for the NCAA tournament. Um, so the way it works right now is... Um, the so it's the first so six seat six bids get given to the winners of each of the major conference tournaments and then the remaining 10 spots go to the teams with the highest pairwise ratings that didn't win their tournaments um and normally if you're if you're top 16 in pairwise you're also at the top of your own conference the only exception this year is the atlantic and the current leader is rit and they're like 22nd um, so they're a ways out of that, but they have to get in regardless. So 15 teams total as of right now, um, Notre Dame and Michigan state are both on the outside looking in for this tournament. Um, for context, I'll just say Notre Dame's number 17 pair wise and Michigan state's number 18 in pair wise. Really? I think this, I guess it's that's, changed them within that's the past. what I, yeah, that's what I just saw. This must've changed just within like the last day of them. Oh, um, because when I the one I had, oh yeah, this step this did change then, mm. um, because what I had originally, um, or the oh, one, was the bracket I tweeted out had um, Notre Dame at sixteen, and then it was Alaska at seventeen, then MSU at eighteen. Oh okay, so um, so Alaska cur- Notre Dame flip flopped. So uh, current I've got uh, USCHO pulled up for their pairwise. Uh, the reason there might have been some confusion is currently Northeastern, Cornell, and Alaska are all tied in pairwise. Well, so it wasn't that like that before, though. Okay. Um, so there was definitely some movement within the past day then. Yeah. There... When I made this. But it doesn't really change much right now um, as far as who's actually in and who's out. But um, so the bracket's still the same, the same pretty much. So 
Uh, but as of right now, MSU and Notre Dame are like a couple of the like final teams on the out or like on the, uh, they're, they're, they're the first like three teams out of the bubble. Um, so still plenty of time for uh, things to turn around there. Uh, Notre Dame is going to be interesting because they play uh, Michigan this weekend in Ann Arbor. So losing some games there will drop them a little bit and pairwise. And the tournament, postseason tournament will also be a good little opportunity. Uh, I don't know. Bottom line, I think for Michigan State at least, for making the NCAA tournament, regardless of where you go, uh, if you win the first round of the playoffs, they, they should be locked to be in the tournament. If they win the first round of the Big Ten tournament, wherever it, wherever it is you think that they're in. Yes. If What if they they go 2-1 and one in it and they're all really close games? Should be fine. You don't think it's going to have to be a two to one and then go on to win the best of one in the next round? Because I think that's what it's going to take. I think it's going to be. No, I think first round should be plenty. Um, it also depends mm-hmm. a little bit on who they play. It depends on where they play and who they play too. Yeah, that's um, big. But still, because Notre Dame, or so the two teams that in all likelihood they'll end up playing are either Notre Dame or Penn State. Um, so. With the way that works, then um, they should be fine. Um, the MSU's had success against both those teams recently. Yes. Um, so I don't really see the issue per se with that. Um, but once again, playing on the road would be tough. But um, I mean, yeah, but Penn State's number seven in pairwise right now. So if MSU knocks off. Or if MSU beats the number seven team in pairwise twice, that should be more than enough to put them firmly in the top fifteen. Depends on what you know, Alaska and what Notre Dame do. Well, so what you're missing in this, Alaska doesn't play a tournament game because they're not in a conference. Ooh, yeah, they got Arizona State this week, and that's it, probably. Yeah, basically, they're mm-hmm. done after that. I think if the problem is if Michigan State has to play Penn State in the postseason. They're like that would have the best chance of bumping them up in pairwise with wins, but I feel like they're more like if they play Notre Dame, they're more likely to get wins, but that's not going to bump them up nearly as much. Oh well, I mean it's still bumping you up. Uh, it'll still put them within, I think, that same contention. But um, I don't know. It just kind of depends. Um, that that's not even getting into potential tiebreaker scenarios, which oh, I, would <laughs> would drive me insane oh. to continuously try and work out and explain because uh there's a lot of weird numbers and records and points and you know lions and tigers and bears oh my that go into that true and to update the big 10 standings because these these matter so much more i mean we've talked about them at at length week in week out but now it's getting to the last week of the season so these standings right now matter a lot and we could kind of see the whole picture unfolding still not happening yet still got a week to go but right now as it stands minnesota number one they locked that up 100 right now tie for second place between michigan and ohio state both of them are playing this who's ohio state playing this uh they're at minnesota they're at minnesota so both of them are playing full series this weekend so that's going to be interesting how those how that sorts out right below them it's michigan state in fourth place right now with 34 points, we'll talk about then a little bit more what that means. Right behind them, it's a two-way tie for fifth 
between Penn State and Notre Dame, both at 31 points. So both of them won regulation win away from tying Michigan State at fourth. And then Wisconsin, they, they're finishing seventh. So I've got a piece, actually, I'm going to try to get out tomorrow on this. Ooh. Basically, it's going to, uh, the working title right now is uh, the, Michigan State's, the Michigan State Fans Guide to uh, the Last Week of, of, uh, of the Regular Season. Um, basically talking about, you know, who MSU wants to root for in this, uh, like what's the best case scenario for Michigan state, um, you know, who plays who, how the standings work. Uh, cause there's a lot of numbers and things. I was working on this before we started the pod, uh, upstairs. I was doing way more math than I really ever wanted to do <laughs> in my life. Um, and yeah, wasn't really that fond of it. So, I mean, Give us some intel. What what where are the numbers looking like? What, uh, who's MSU most so, likely to face? Um, so there's also some websites out there. This website that we've been spending a lot of time on, um, playoffstatus.com. We're talking about you know the uh, magic numbers for teams and like you know the percentages of where they finish and whatnot. Um, most likely uh, opponent is Penn State. It says they there's a uh, Forty-six percent chance it's Penn State, um, but then then the only teams they're not playing are Minnesota or Wisconsin, that are guarantees. Basically, though, it kind of all shakes out to how this weekend goes, um, because for Michigan State to get home ice advantage, um, they need Wisconsin to get at least three points this weekend against uh, Penn State. Penn State on the road. Yeah. And then yeah. they need Michigan to get at least four of six points against um, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Uh, because if both the, of those have to hit for MSU to finish fourth in the Big Ten and get that home. Or unless they just both round. lose. The, they need to get three or worse, basically. Yeah, both both Penn State and both Notre Dame need to get three points or less. Because sorry, if they sorry. get three, let, let me let me fix this. Uh, go ahead. I meant so <laughs> it's a complicated sitch. With uh, so Penn State needs to get three or less. Notre Dame needs to get two or less. Oh, because Notre Dame has a tiebreaker over State. Uh, only no. What? Yes, oh, they do. The, so it's, the tie. Let me. I got this. Which actually. we sorry. did. It last sorry, time, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on a roll right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so he's cooking. Since he's cooking, I am. Uh, so basically, the way it works. Um. MSU has the head-to-head tiebreaker over both Penn State and Notre Dame. Yes, because they have won the head-to-head matchups. However, that's not how they break ties. If it's a three or more way tie, um, it if there's three or more teams all tied for the same spot uh, in points, then the first thing they go for is Big Ten uh, winning percentage. Um, winning percentage or right, points? Regular percentage? conference winning win percentage. percentage. Regular regular conference. Regular season conference. Regular season. Okay. Yes. So, and the way, the reason why Notre Dame has that tiebreaker there is currently speaking, uh, where are the standings at again? Uh, basically, Notre Dame has uh, their conference record. Um, what is it? They're like eight and ten and one, I think. I've got I've, nine, I've to look, ten, and three. Sure, that might be it. I don't know. This standing I'm looking at is all out of whack. Yeah. Um, part part of what causes issue is all of those like overtime points and all that and all that fun stuff in yeah. the Big Ten. So depending, it kind of depends on what site you use to track the 
uh, the actual records of the teams. Exactly. Yeah, numbers are kind of all over the place for college hockey. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, I'm the right one now. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame is 9-10-3 in the conference. Um, those three ties would be what would seal the deal. Because if Notre Dame gets, uh, if Notre Dame get, like splits, we'll say, and wins one and loses one regulation, their record is 10-11-3. And, and those three ties will be what um, effectively, what, what pushes them over the bump um, as far as winning percentage goes. Um, so yeah. But if it's a two-way tiebreaker and say Notre Dame gets swept but Penn State finishes with only three points this weekend, then MSU has the tiebreaker because MSU is 2-1-1 one, and one against Penn State this year. So overall, best case scenario is Penn State and Notre Dame do not get any points this weekend, but that most likely will not happen. Because so, one of them is playing Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah. And so second best case is Penn State picks up only one win at home, both, and I, then one loss in regulation, and then Notre Dame only getting at most two. That would yes. be that would be the second and best that, case. That would be what they, what need to happen for Michigan State to host. Yep. I Most guess you could you could be nitpicky and say that you know Wisconsin could pick up like an overtime win and then an overtime lo- like a a shootout loss or something what like whatever it is to get like two points one night one point the next at Pagula I don't know how it still would work yeah I just I don't know I don't know how much more likely that would be than just an outright like oh they lose one then they win one it's easier to say uh, they lose and then win the points thing only matters when or like the whether it's regulation wins or over or overtime or shootouts and whatever else uh, that only starts affecting things if you talk if we're getting into the whole three way tiebreaker thing because that that's where ties and overtimes and stuff start affecting that. To to be honest, the Big Ten three way tiebreaker rules are pure nightmare fuel. It's it's so oh god yeah uh, oh, oh yeah god. it's a whole like just I mean it things don't make any sense. My favorite part is just at the end of it. It's like it, if somehow every team is still automatically tied in like the first six categories, they just say f it <laughs> flipping a coin. <laughs> See. Why not go just he- who has the best head-to-head against bo- against the other two teams? I don't know. Big Ten likes to make things interesting, I guess. That, well, usually because well, I mean, series one and two wins two losses. If it's a three-way tie, you know? then it's not really. It's, it, it's, it's complicated. Weird. If you want to read more on that, go right ahead. But uh, that that's just that whole scenario is for MSU to host. MSU doesn't have to host. They sure they've been good at home, but they don't have to. MSU could easily finish. Fifth in the Big Ten they and host it. the fourth seed, which could either be, I mean, nope, can't be Ohio State or Michigan. Could either be Penn State or Notre Dame. At when all said is done, Michigan State is versing either Penn State or Notre Dame in the opening round of the Big so Ten. They just actually, don't know who or where. So uh, there's a chance it is Ohio State actually. Really? Yes. Uh, the odds that the oh that the site is giving me: forty six percent Penn State, twenty six percent Ohio State. 23% Notre Dame, 5% Michigan. Oh, wow. So it's so, even higher for oh, so so, Ohio State. There's a chance Ohio State. Yeah, because if, if you look at the points, Ohio State's 36. If both Penn State and Notre Dame sweep their matchups this weekend, True. they go to 37 points each and have a tie for, I guess, third. Or no, because Michigan would Ohio be. Ohio State also plays Minnesota this weekend. But Oh, wait. But then Notre Dame plays Michigan. These scenarios are not going to so, happen. So no, Penn these things State, are Penn so State, talk about them. No, Penn State, Notre Dame could actually tie for second because that would mean that Michigan gets swept. And then if Ohio State gets swept by Minnesota, then they could drop down. 
they would drop down to fourth, then Michigan State would be fifth. Or no, Mich- no, wait, potentially what? no. They Michigan would... or Ohio State. Michigan State would be six. Okay, this is just Big Ten. <laughs> Big Ten points, Matt. ladies and gentlemen. Oh God. <laughs> the, uh, either way, most likely it's going to be Penn State or Notre Dame, and there's Ohio State that can also slip there too. Ma- yes. Mainly Penn yeah. State. It's going to be one of those three. Penn State, and most likely Mich- Penn Mich- State. Michigan State had some luck at Pagula earlier yeah. this season. They really that first game they beat themselves. And then Notre Dame without Ryder Ralston is not the same Notre Dame at all that Michigan State played. Well, some, I don't know about somehow. that. Ask, uh, who did they play last week? Yeah, who they? <laughs> wasn't it Minnesota? No, it wasn't. No, they did not sweep Minnesota. No, who, Ohio no, was State. A, was it Ohio State? No, not Ohio State. No, Ohio State, State Michigan. I am so <laughs> dumb. No, who was it? Too. It was Ohio State. We're, we're all what? out of whack. It was it, Ohio oh, State. because we're doing oh, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. we're all out of that whack. That was two weeks ago. Had, Notre Dame had the bye last week. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So if you're Michigan State, though, you want. You want Notre Dame or Penn State, you don't want Ohio State because Michigan State is 3-1 and one against Notre Dame and Penn State in this season. Yeah. And they've been able to take a game at their place, which even though there was a 1-1 shootout win, Michigan State do, still did win against Notre Dame at Family Compton Ice Arena. Still happened. Compton Family. Compton Family, Family Compton, whatever the heck. Who cares? And I'm not a Notre Dame fan. And, uh, yeah, so that's that. I mean... We can we can move on to, to pickups, I guess. Uh, anything else? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, we're doing enough math right now as is. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, no, read the, no, read the article. Math. I can try. I will try to explain it yes. in less numbers and rambling. And yeah. less, less the, complication. Like <laughs> yes. My, my head Sorry is, about that. My head's gonna explode the more. We oh get look, this is the kind of Ryan O'Reilly playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's we, crazy. We have a game on in the background. Uh, we have ESPN on <laughs> the background. It's. Uh, what golden knights versus flames and they're talking yeah. about ryan around yeah we're doing late night recording for you we're recording this late night for I, you guys for just I, for you guys i can't believe i can't believe yeah. i went all this yeah. time without saying bt behind the mask after dark you're literally wearing all black too you got you fit it well because it's canes after dark and since he's got the black hoodie up too true. i got a black hat on it's after dark man i'm also rocking the uh what was it cream color jersey Ooh. it's a it's a Stanley Cup champion, Jordan Bennington jersey. Regardless, uh, anyway. So, right? <laughs> yeah, let's let's get to pick up. Since you go ahead to update, Ameri- right, cool. of, of, yeah, just Where's go. The, play the jingle. I'm losing my mind. Play, play the we play. Rate, play it. It's we, we currently there we it's go. almost eleven o'clock right now. Boom. As of the time That's oh jeez, I got to get home. <laughs> okay, pod's over, guys. See you nope. later. <laughs> oh, no, we still got pickums to do. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yep. uh, recapping last week. Uh, not a great week for the Big Ten pickums, which uh, I want to point this out. We did still pick them last week. We didn't get oh, it yes, in yes, on yes. a pod. We didn't get we... it on a pod, but we wanted to have some kind of content to put out. Um, so we did our pickums, and I put them on my Twitter. Uh, put them in a little graphic for you. Yeah. Um. So our predictions we had let that and what happened. Um. Minnesota ended up sweeping Penn State. Ryan and I called that one. We got two points for that. Whoa, 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 Ryan and you. No, sorry, Phillips and I. Yeah, my bad, my bad. I, I, no, I'll, I'll add my name to that. I'll add my name plus two real quick. No, Ryan plus two. There we go. No, um, but so Phillips and I got two each for that. I mean, um, Ohio State swept Michigan. We none of us called that. I called a Michigan sweep on that one. Uh. Yeah, no points there. Uh, and then MSU split with Wisconsin. We all picked MSU sweeps, and we were wrong. Uh, so no points there. Um, 
I really should have just trusted the devil magic thing that yeah. I was talking about. Should have known better. The, really, yeah, the freaking cult center, man. I really should have. Yeah. Um, but, and then, so that ends the Big Ten pickums with two points for me, two points for Phillips. And then we get to the locks of the week where we have finally another parlay gets hit. Whoa! Um, this time, Ryan had a two teamer. Um, he had Western over Colorado College and Alaska over LIU. This time, they didn't break his heart. Yes. Um, the people that broke my heart, Minnesota State. Uh, I have to have a word with with the Mavericks and uh, and company. They the not up, so cool MSU. The less cool MSU. Yes. Yes. Their logo's nice though. Um, but yeah, they lost to Bemidji in overtime. Uh, in the second game to lose my parlay. I would have been right. I had Western and over Colorado College and then Omaha over Miami. I was so happy when that MSU won. I was like, yes, I'm the only parlay that hit. Let's go. <laughs> <sighs> Disappointing. Um, but then Phillips went one for three. Uh, he had BU over Merrimack, St. Cloud over uh, Nodak, and uh, Alaska over LAU. Ding. Yeah, talk about St. Cloud just not pulling through. I mean, North Dakota, Nodak, come on. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, that brings the totals, though. Ryan's parlay hitting and then the Big Ten pickums. Uh, everybody got two points, so <laughs> the leads are still <laughs> the same. To- uh. to- total points for this week now. Uh, Phillips has 49 in first place. Uh, Ryan is hey. in second with 47. Yeah. And I am one point behind him with 46. I will refrain from playing sweet victory into the mic this time. Yeah, that was, that was, that's, that's a false start five-yard penalty. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so, you you uh, can issue, issue penalties when you're back in first. Okay. Anyway, so speaking of getting back to first, we'll, we'll open up this week's pickums with the Wisconsin Badgers not playing at home. They're traveling to... Penn State to take on the number, I guess this says this has USCHO rankings, but I'll say number eight, uh, Penn State. Nittany Lions. Stincy, who you got? I got Penn State. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a Penn State sweep. Uh, Wisconsin has not won a Big Ten road game all season. Uh, they have not, they've only won two road games all year, uh, conference or not. There was the one weekend they randomly went and swept Duluth on the road. Um, but other than that, Wisconsin on the road, not good. Uh, so Nittany Lions. Phillips. Yeah. Uh, apologies to Michigan state fans that may be listening, but Penn state, I mean, come on. Penn state is a good team. Uh, they've, they've had their ups and they've had their downs, but Wisconsin has yet to win a big 10 road game. This is the last game of the regular season, their last series of the regular season. I don't expect them to start anytime soon. Penn State's got something to fight for. Wisconsin doesn't give me Nittany Lions to sweep at home. We all got Penn State in that series. Moving on to the next one. It's Notre Dame traveling to Michigan to wrap up the regular season. I'm going to go with my pick first. I got Michigan with the sweep. Short and simple. Nothing to it. I've also got a Michigan sweep, and it's good timing that we said that because uh, I just got a notification. The Blues lost in overtime, so that means they're officially one step closer. <laughs> what is this tie-in? <laughs> to Michigan's Adam Fantilli being on the team. Okay, there All you go. Say, There's the tie uh, Future St. Louis Blue, Jeez. Adam Fantilli, will will be... Uh, you could only pick one. Pick, Who do you want? Bedard or Fantilli? You could only pick one. Whoever you, is still on the board. You could only pull for one at this point. I, I, <laughs> Whoever's still on the board. Okay, so go for... Dart at this point, so we talk about Fantilli less. Uh, Phillips, who you got this series? 
Uh, I've got the block M. Ryder Ralston's out for Notre Dame, and without him, they're just a goalie and Nick Lieberman. That's it. Mm. I mean, that's well, what we, that's Ohio, what we said after Ohio State would have to disagree. They came that. to doubt, and then they swept the Buckeyes. M- Michigan State, <laughs> w- Michigan State hockey would agree with me that it's Nick Lieberman and Ryan Bischel. Yes, I don't know. Anyways, the next pick I'm on the slate. It's the the Buckeyes traveling to the 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 the, the Gophers, and they're they're battling with hockey and sticks and pucks and like fast skating and stuff. Uh, uh, Stency, what's up? Uh, I am going to take a split here. Uh, Ohio State kind of being on a weird tear of upsetting teams they probably shouldn't uh, be beating or, you know, I don't know, being pretty dominant here. Uh, I like them. I don't know why Ryan is making my, is messing with my document right now, but regardless, I have an Ohio State's. Uh, I have a split between Ohio State and Minnesota. Um, tough, tough, tall order to go um, to Mariucci um, and steal a game, but Ohio State, I think, is up to it. Um, so, yeah, got a split. Phillips, what do you got? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> getting distracted. By yeah, mine. distracted by <laughs> by the, the document being messed with. It, here. It's too late to be doing official stuff. I'm losing my mind. So <laughs> we all are. BTM after dark. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've got Ohio State splitting. I think Ohio State at their best can pull off uh, a game at Minnesota. And, you know, Ohio State swept Michigan. Michigan, of course, bas- one of the few teams that basically just sweeps Minnesota. and Or not sweeps, but splits Minnesota. Uh, really, all three of those teams are playing play around a similar level. Uh, at least this late in the season. I feel like Minnesota had a bit of an early advantage, but Michigan and Ohio State have kind of caught up to it a bit. Uh, long story short, uh, I've taken a split. So if you've been paying attention closely to the pick to the Big Ten part of the pickums, you will notice that all of our pickums have been exactly the same. Mm-mm, not so fast. I'm going full sweeps down the board. I'm going Golden Gophers. I usually don't do this, but I'm trusting my gut feeling. And even though Minnesota already locked up the Big Ten. They're playing at home, and they like winning because there there's many players that are going to go on and win in the NHL. So give me the Golden Gophers to sweep and play hockey well. Boom. There we go. Big 10 pick-em's done. Going into the locks of the week. Uh, Stitzy, go ahead and explain what you got going on there. What's going to result in zero points for you? Uh, what's going to result in a solid two points for me is my two-team parlay right here. Uh, I've got Northeastern over UMass in a home-and-home series, and then I've got uh, my first time jumping on the Nanooks bandwagon. I've got Alaska sweeping Arizona State. Oh. Uh, I guess I'll make my first pick short and sweet. Uh, I'm also on the Alaska bandwagon here, so Alaska over Arizona State. Uh, and then my two incredibly questionable picks, because why not? Why not have fun with it? Uh, the most questionable, I have Niagara over Mercyhurst in what I believe is a home-and-home home again. Last time these two teams met in a home-and-home, home, Niagara was able to sweep them with a shootout win. I, I think they can pull it off again. Niagara, one of the few teams to beat USNTDP this season. Mercyhurst, just pure unrivaled chaos, or unbridled chaos, but I think Niagara's got it in them. And my favorite pick of the week is Bemidji over St. Thomas. Roll Beavers. 
That's all I got to say about that. St. Thomas has hurt me in the past, so I hope they do the same to you. They roll, did the same roll, to me. Roll and, beams. <laughs> and just it, but Bemidji's had my you, back before. It roll is beams. now your time to be hurt by this St. Thomas, I don't know, Crusaders. Uh, Tommies. Tom, St. Thomas Tommies? I think they're the Tommies. <laughs> oh, shot. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, anyways, I feel really bad for doing this. I, I really do, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going for a one- this I can't even say parlay. I'm just going for a it's one a straight bet. It's just a straight one on one on one point. I I did not like the picks this week, so all I did is I'm going Northeastern against UMass. Northeastern's been on the up and up since the bean pot. UMass has been on the down and down since winning the national championship. What three years ago or something? I forget. Like t- yeah, three three years ago. Yeah, whatever Four. it was. So Northeastern, I like I like Huskies. Beautiful dog. Give me uh, you give me give me a point. Give me an extra point. The, the, my main reason for picking Northeastern uh is two words: Devin Levi, uh, their goalie. A, oh yeah, yeah. In, in, insane. Ooh. Uh, that and UMass isn't that good this year, but still, yeah. uh, Northeastern been on a heater. Uh, so yeah. I got the Huskies on that one. Yeah. Uh, but that wraps up our picks. Um, yeah, that's uh. That wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening from uh from the top of the pod to whatever the heck it ended with. I don't know, I don't even know what's going on at this point. It's been a it's been a weird podcast. It's it's been probably the most diverse podcast I've ever been a part of, but uh well, let's uh let's go ahead and wrap it up. Unfortunately, we do not have any Michigan State games to uh to produce content on, so we won't be doing much. Just keep your eye and ear out on Twitter for some articles that Stency's been putting out, some tweets that we'll put, put out. I'll put out some articles. I'll ha- I'll keep I'll keep you all in the know, so to speak, on uh, um, you know what to expect from these last couple weeks, or from or from this last week or so. Um, well, I'll keep you updated on what happens this weekend, where MSU falls in seating, yada yada yada. Go ahead and uh, plug that Twitter just in That'll case. That'll be Jacob. F. Stinson. F as in what? Foxtrot is the yeah. Foxtrot's yeah. the phonetic. That's actually yeah. what they do. For, okay, weird. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of Behind the Mask. Thank you guys so much for listening. Ryan Rudosovich, join alongside Jacob Phillips and Jacob Stinson. You guys have a great rest of your day.